And we are back for episode 21 of Journey to a Million, a special edition here on a Wednesday morning. We are coming your way. And we gotta we're gonna recap the NFL draft that took place last Thursday, of course, through Saturday. And look, we brought on we had Caden on for the draft review. We brought on Dustin Burgney here for the draft recap. He's been on here the show. I've been on lockdown corner with him. And then yeah, he's been on, like I said, college athlete spotlight. So, you know, Dustin, how are you doing today? I'm great. What about you? Doing great. Doing great. Yeah. No Jared today. So it's myself, Drew Skyberg, and Zach Roush alongside Dustin here on yeah, this Wednesday morning. And yeah, we're looking forward to talk about the draft. And boy, it was a crazy draft. As it seems like it is every year, right? Uh, a lot of good stories, you know, going into it. And look, it, it was just an exciting z- draft, I'd say. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, yes. I would absolutely agree. Oops, sorry, you can go, Zach. <laughs> Little, little I think it's definitely, yeah, definitely more interesting with uh without the top end quarterbacks going right away. Yeah, talk about a big story there. Uh, let's go through it here right away. I think you know we'll start talking through the NFL draft. Basically, we'll talk about we'll go through like the top ten, kind of like what we did in the draft preview, and then from there we're gonna talk about our winners and losers, like we did you know on Monday's episode, episode sixty. Alex Trowbridge and myself, we talk about some winners and losers, but we'll go more in depth here, of course, and. Yeah, then we're going to round it out. We're going to talk Packers, right? We got to talk about all the picks the Packers had, all the interesting, you know, scenarios. That first round, of course, we had to, you know, kind of weigh in and share our thoughts with that and give our draft grade as well. So with that, we'll start, you know, pick one there. First overall, Trayvon Walker out of Georgia goes that, that with that pick. I mean, it seemed like, you know, the day of the draft, that kind of seemed like the guy like, hey, they were taking. I know when we recorded the draft preview, it wasn't like that, but. Trayvon Walker kind of merged as that favor, and that's kind of what happened there is what I saw. You guys agree with that? Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, personally, do you guys like like that like, like those picks? What did you guys think of, you know, Trayvon Walker going one? Yeah, I thought, uh, I thought personally, uh, I was a little surprised. You know, I thought, obviously, Trayvon Walker being just, you know, athletic freak. But, you know, the problem was there were so many good picks in the number one spot. You know, obviously, with Jacksonville kind of being – a mess last year and them needing so many spots. I mean, they could have gone 10 different directions. I've been like, okay, like I can see it. So, I mean, I, like, I don't hate it, but I don't love it. You know, it's kind of in between. He's kind of a raw talent right now. So I guess we'll see how he develops. Yeah. I think they're pretty set on going edge. It sounded like they're linked to a lot of different edges between Hutchinson Walker. I saw a little bit of uh, Tibodeo, not a whole lot though. I think Walker has probably more upside than Hutchinson, but Hutchinson is like, more um, NFL ready coming out of the draft. So I think they're kind of thinking more long-term that Walker is going to be better. Yeah. And they, they signed him right away there four year, $37 million deal. All guaranteed was announced on Tuesday. So he did get paid there being number one overall, a nice treat there. And, you know, looking through pick number two, right. Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, we talked about this in draft preview. We thought perfect story, right. Going to Michigan, being drafted by Detroit. And that's exactly what happened. Like Zach said, it seems he might be the more NFL ready prospect, but you know, I'm interested to see what we get out of Aiden Hutchinson. Cause I, there, there are some, some concerns with the, like his wingspan. I did see, and just overall concerns with, you know, how he's going to, you know, fare maybe on that defensive edge as an edge, but we'll have to wait and see. I, I think still, you know, he's going to be that he might, he'll be a steady safe pick. I feel so, you know, Aiden Hutchinson at two, you guys love it. Yeah, no, absolutely no shock there. You know, we kind of all knew he was going there. 
And like you said, I agree. You know, we don't know what he's kind of capable of yet. And it's, you know, a lot of these DNs, it, it's really tough to judge their pre- pure talent level coming out of college because, you know, obviously you can look at the matchups and all that and see who they beat in college. But, you know, at, at the same time, it doesn't matter until they get to the NFL, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, Zach, with that, you're, you're in agreement there, right? So, yeah. Moving through it, we'll talk these next two corners here. Texans, this is where, you know, a little curveball is maybe thrown in, right? Derek Stanley going three from LSU. Hey, I felt like that pick was almost, you know, like a lock at, because during draft day, you know, Thursday, there's a lot of hype, you know, behind Stingley going three, right? Lovey Smith, defensive coordinator, former now head coach, that he's going to go defense. He's going to get Stingley is what the hype was. And they ended up going with Stingley over who the Jets went with at four with Sauce Gardner. Um, out of Cincinnati, and that's gonna that's one a lot of people love. You know, Jets getting arguably the corner best cornerback in the draft at four there, and you know between those two picks, you guys, what would you think about Texans going Stingley three? You love it, hate it? Zach, I want to hear your input of this first, then I'll I'll go on. Um, I liked it. I think they definitely are lacking in the secondary. Obviously, they're lacking multitude of other positions. As well. But I kind of had them ranked as kind of on that same tier. Um, I could see either one of them going first. Obviously, Stingley did. And I'm not surprised to see um, Sauce Gardner go right after him. Yeah, I mean, I would have to totally agree with you on that one, honestly. You know, the thing was, again, you know, the Texans were in a very similar situation as the Jags were. You know, they could have gone 10 different ways. And, you know, you could have completely understood their pick. It probably justified. But. I think the biggest thing I heard was Stingley was just more of the pro ready guy. You know, he was ready to take a step in day one as a starter. And that's where I think, like you said, with Lovey Smith being a defensive mind, I think that was kind of what they were thinking with that one. And that's where they go. And then Giants at number five, they go Kayvon Thibodeau out of, out of Oregon, you know, get another edge, right. You know, three edges go in the top 10 and, you know, rightfully so. Right. Um, You know, these guys, these teams all in need of an edge and, they get their guy and Thibodeau at five and then Panthers first alignment off the board, Hakeem Iguanu. And he goes first offensive lineman. I felt that might've been, you know, if you told, would have told me that a couple of weeks ago before kind of, we heard more about Evan Neal, right? The whole injury concern there. I actually had Evan Neal as my first lineman off the board, but look at the end of the day, right? The injury concerns coming out with Neal pushes him back to seven, I guess, you know, were you guys fine with like Wano going first? I think after the whole injury stuff, he, I mean, he was my O-lineman number one and he goes, he goes at six, the Panthers where people thought Kenny Pickett was going. So, I mean, I, I think Ekwano is a great pick there, but Dustin, where, what do you think with that pick there? I mean, obviously, you know, Iguano being such a, such a talented and versatile offensive lineman. I mean, obviously he's just huge in stature, but then you look at F and Neil and you can say the exact same thing. I mean, really, like you said, I think the fans were thinking, you know, the injury concern and just not being 100% sure. And especially if you look at Evan Neal's tape, the biggest thing with him is his fundamental, especially his feet can kind of lack it sometimes where his size, you know, he just kind of expects to overpower a lot of people, especially in college. But then when you get to the NFL, like I said, it translates to where you're facing the Aaron Donalds, the Von Millers, where, you know, they'll take with speed and they'll take you with power. So, you know, it's just, I, I could see it being a little bit of concern, you know, obviously, you know, Iguano being a little more kind of versatile, he can kind of use his feet well, and I can kind of see how they justified that pick. Yeah, as the draft got closer, I was becoming more and more a fan of Iguano over Neil. Actually, I think Neil still has, like, 
great potential. I was kind of surprised the Giants didn't go tackle at five, though, unless they knew something about the Panthers at six and they wanted somebody else. But I think they had their options at five, and then they went with Thibodeau instead. So I was kind of surprised by that, but I do like the picks. Yeah, they ended up getting you know, an offensive lineman still and the DN. So they ended up working out there on, you know, first wide receiver off the board at eight. No surprise. I felt Drake London at eight. I felt it was a lock out of USC. And then like Cross at nine, Charles Cross out of Mississippi State. I, I felt like that pick was like, you know, the day of the draft, even, you know, a few days before that pick was linked everywhere. I felt, you know, those eight, nine, and 10 for me were the three. Like I was like, okay, yeah, we knew these were happening. I felt so like with number 10, then Jets. They get Garrett Wilson then out of Ohio State. I guess out of those three picks, which one out of those three do you guys are you guys intrigued about the most, Zach? I like the Garrett Wilson pick, um, just because they have their quarterback and they've been really aggressive over the offseason, linked to guys like Tree Kill, Debo Samuel, like all those top receivers that were available on the market, and then they took who a lot of people probably ranked as the top receiver in the draft and they didn't even have to trade up or anything for him. So I really like that pick. Yeah, I'd say the one, honestly, you, you guys may not agree with me, but I thought the one that surprised me the most was the London pick. You know, obviously with all the talent on the board and everything that was available, I just thought, you know, Garrett Wilson or Chris, like Chris Olave or Jamison Williams was a better pick. But, you know, again, you see London's size and ability, and it's it just it's still justified, but it surprised me he went off the board first for receiver. Yeah, I thought Wilson was going to go before London, too. Yeah, yeah, for sure, I thought. But looking at it, right, I, I mean, I, Garrett Wilson for me was my standout, too, Zach. Uh, looking, I think directly, maybe, like, not, like, first year, maybe right away immediate fantasy value, but, like, long-term looking, maybe what him and Zach Wilson build, you know, with your Jets pick, Zach, considering you are very high on them. Zach projects them to go nine and eight next year. If you've not heard. Yeah. So he's really high on the jets. I don't know what you think. Roller. Yeah. They're yeah. making some good moves. Had a good off season. So I had to throw that in there here, but um, basically, right. I, I, I brought this up, you know, a lot of our episodes here, but uh, through this draft, we saw, we saw these wide receivers going right eight and 10 and you felt, you know, Felt the Saints were like, okay, well, you know, in any draft, right? You see, you see, like, let's say football quarterbacks start going, you're gonna, you're gonna get your quarterback, you're gonna get your guy. Uh, then here, you know, in the NFL at the highest level in a draft, you see eight and ten. I think you see receivers go, and I think that kind of pressured the Saints, and maybe they knew something. Trade up, get their guy Olave at eleven, and then we saw like Lions go at twelve, get Jamison Williams. It felt some of these guys going up, you know going higher than maybe they, they should have. And like Jahan Dotson going at 16, I felt, you know, maybe a stretch there Burks at 18 there, but overall, I guess um, I know we're getting later into the draft here. We were just talking top 10, but looking through it, I thought like Kyle Hamilton, Hamilton getting pushed back to 14 might be like the story of the draft for me. I think that was a big move there for the Ravens. And I loved it. Uh, you know, through those teens picks, Dustin, was there any move there that really stood out to you? Honestly, I would say the one that surprised me the most, and this may not be for everyone who what they think, but I thought the commanders dropping out of their pick and dropping back so far was the biggest surprise. Cause I mean, it, they needed a lot of things and to drop out of where they were. And like you said, missing out on Kyle Hamilton and other big profile names in this draft, I thought was a major loss for them. You know, 
and then settling for like you said Jahan Dotson like that was to me that was not a good thing for him that was a bad move yeah as soon as they traded back I didn't think they were going to receiver I know there's a lot of kind of like buzz and reports saying that they wanted a receiver but I thought that um, once Wilson went at 10 if they're going to get a receiver they're going to stay at 11 so I didn't really understand the trading back and losing out on Olave and Williams to get Jahan Dotson. But obviously they got some draft capital, but I just don't think it was worth it. Yeah, no, that was that was an interesting move. That was a head scratcher for me. I guess let's go talk some winners and losers speaking of that. We'll start with the losers here. Uh, you know, going in into it, was there a loser that stood out to you guys as like, I think, you know, I think Washington might be one of my losers, though. You know, looking one of my three losers, but um, looking for you guys, was there? Do you guys have your definite loser pick right now? I mean, to me, there was a couple of them, honestly. But this is okay. This may come as a surprise, and I'm sorry, Zach, but I'm going to say it. I thought the Jets lost majorly in this in this draft. I did not wow. think. Uh, I thought, you know, again, getting Garrett Wilson was a good pickup, but you know, receiver is not their problem. It's the offensive line. Their offensive line was just atrocious last year, and what do they do to beef up their offensive line? Nothing. I didn't see any big offensive line pickup for the whole draft. I just didn't like, I didn't like the draft for them. I really didn't. They went defense, but you know, offensive lines, are a big problem. They didn't get a single one. They had, you yeah. know, they had three opportunities. I think their line probably played a little like under their potential last year. Maybe obviously they have some high picks in there. I think they can kind of put together a little bit this year, but they also did fill a couple other holes. Obviously, their defense wasn't great last year either. They got Jermaine Johnson and they got Sauce Garner for that. And then I just really thought they needed somebody to go with Elijah Moore, which obviously Gary Wilson does. But I don't know. I guess, yeah, if you think offensive line was one of their problems, I can see how you think they were a loser. Yeah, because, like, I would have – I would have justified the picks if, like, second round they would have went with, like, offense lineman in third round. But second round, they go with Brees Hall, a running back. Uh, that didn't make much sense to me. But then even third round, you're like, okay, you know, maybe they can come back. And what do they pick third round? They pick a tight end. It's like, uh, okay, I, I guess, you know, if you're trying to get some weapons. But, like, you know, if you look at Zach Wilson the whole year, he's running like a chick with his head cut off. You know, he has no idea what's going on. He's just throwing it up. So, I mean, if, if that's the motto they're rolling with, I mean, I guess. But. Sorry, I just got to point that out. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't a big yeah. fan of the Brees Hall pick either with Michael Carter. I know Michael Carter's never been like a workhorse, and he's always had somebody else in the backfield with him. But I think they had other needs that they could address in the second round. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that hurts certainly looking Carter's dynasty or even fantasy value. That really hurts too because that's – yeah. But um, also Arizona Cardinals, I know that now we, we kind of know more about the Hollywood Browns trade, right, why it happened. You know, now with we know Hopkins is suspended the first six games of the year, but still, you know, trading their a first round pick to land him, I still, you know, oh, it's tough. It's tough. I, I don't know what I what I think about their draft. Um, but you know, I throw them there maybe in there as a loser as well. But I like to point more out the winners. I guess is there any other loser you guys want to highlight? You know, Bears didn't what'd pick guys, much, but yeah. What'd you guys think of the Vikings training back from twelve all the way back to thirty two? I don't know. I, really I don't like don't their know. It's either. hard to say. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. It was really. It was really hard to say. I mean, 
again, like we look at this draft and in, in retrospect, it's so hard to like say, you know, oh, this is a definite loser. Or, like this is a definite winner. Cause like, we don't know, like, cause I could be way off the mark here. We're saying the Jets offensive line was horrendous. Cause then we'll actually come back next year and they, you know, they play lights out. They play great, but you know, I'd have to agree with the Vikings trading down so much, especially like division rivals letting some guys obviously even in the second round, you know, get some key players. I, I didn't really like it, but you never know. Yeah. For me, I I feel my my winner of the draft. I mean, talking winners now. I think Baltimore Ravens for me. I think they just they did phenomenal in this draft. Um, like for me, it was Kyle Hamilton, right? That was that was the treat. Tyler Lind- Linderbaum as well. Getting him in the set like with their second first round pick. He's a prospect who I am intrigued with. I want to see how he goes. And then also they got the guy out of Minnesota to the the big tackle fourth round. Is it Daniel Falali or how you say his name? But Look, I, I think this was a great draft for them, and I think they, they did a nice job. Zach, you can go first in this one. I want to hear your input here. Um, I like the Lions draft. They got Ian Hutchinson staying home in Michigan. Um, obviously filled one of their needs and defensive end, and then they traded up and got uh, Jameson Williams, who is one of the top receivers in the draft. He was up in that top-tier probably a little bit below Wilson and maybe London, but he was one of the top receivers. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with both of you. I think both those teams had pretty good drafts. You know, obviously they could have done some things differently maybe, but I thought overall they both did pretty well. And my winner would be the Packers. I, you know, obviously a little biased maybe, but I, I thought overall they had a great draft. And obviously we can we can handle this a little bit and we'll talk about it more then, but I think Packers really won the draft. Yes, I also want to throw in, Kansas City Chiefs. Look, they did it. I think oh, they did a yeah. great job. Um, look, Trent McDuffie getting him. Sky Moore. I mean, I can keep throwing guys right. George Karloftis out of Purdue. Look, they got they got some great. You know, Leo Chanel, uh, throw him in there at Wisconsin. They did. They they did had a nice draft. And look, yeah. I mean, Zach and I we talked about this, right? You know, smart teams historically, you know, great franchises as of like these with draft selections. It seems like the Chiefs. They they did a nice job throughout this draft. And yeah, you know. Now let's talk. You want to talk now about the Packers picks here, guys, or anything else to wrap up kind of the whole NFL draft? Oh, let's do it. All right, let's let's do it. So, yeah, you know, it was an interesting draft in the Packers in terms of the first round, right? Nobody expected. You cannot tell me anyone expected Quay Walker to go at 22. Look, he was a guy, you know, mocked in the late 30s, early 40s, maybe at late first round at most. But, um, look, that was a shock. And looking, you know, first, there's a lot of, you know, confusion, maybe some people upset with the pick. But when you look more into the pick, the more you like it. And that's how I felt going through it. Um, I don't know, even with Devontae Wyatt at 20, I think that was a great pick as well from the start. I was really happy with that one, but I'm loving this Quay Walker one as well. Uh, what do you think, Dustin, about these two first round picks? Look, they, you had them as your winner, so let's hear about it. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I, like you said at first, like, especially when the first pick came in, like with Quay Walker, I was like, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? But then, you know, I, I calmed down after like the madness. Cause obviously, you know, us Packer fans, we get our hopes up like, Oh, it's going to be a receiver. going to be a receiver. It never is. We might as well just kind of give up on that effect. But uh, yeah, after like, you kind of think about it and you're like, Oh, why don't we get Nicole Dean? But then again, like I get, he fell because of his size. I can see that, you know, obviously Nicole Dean being five eleven, And then you look at Quay Walker, you know, six, four big dude can move. You know, sure tackler. It's just you know every every time you look at it more and more, it's like okay, yeah, I can see where they were seeing with him. And I mean, he's got so much raw potential in him. And then again with Devontae Wyatt, 
you know, with Devontae Wyatt and Jordan Davis, you know, being mixed together, Jordan Davis obviously had the bigger profile with his size and obviously athleticism. But to me, overall round, I thought Wyatt was just a more sure guy. He could do the run, like he can defend the run. He could pass rush. He kind of had everything in him, especially he's kind of already at his prime. He is an older prospect, but that means he's already kind of at his prime. So hopefully jumping into the season, I'm sure they're going to do some more defensive adjustments this next year. So I'm sure he'll be impl- implemented a lot more, we think. So I was really happy with those two picks. Yeah, I was really happy with him, too. Devontae Wyatt was one of the guys that I wanted the Packers to get if they didn't go receiver. And obviously, once their their pick at 22 came around, there really wasn't any first-round receivers left. They all kind of went up in the teens. So without the Packers trading up, um, I think they did a great job kind of filling those last defensive holes, obviously getting another linebacker to go with Devondre Campbell. And then Devontae Wyatt, who can go with Jaron Reed and um, Kenny Clark, kind of shores up their run game. And then, obviously, they got that uh, receiver in Christian Watson beginning of the second round. So I was really happy with the Packers' first two rounds. Yeah. Um, talk about still just Walker and Wyatt still. I felt like they, they got guys who they felt who could make an immediate NFL impact. I highlight that in my draft grade where I went on that, which I'll talk about after. We talk about all these picks here. But, like, look, getting guys who – Immediately, like right, why being an older prospect, like you guys said, I think it's gonna be it's gonna work well here. It's gonna work in the Packers' favor, I believe. Joe Barry is still like my winner of the draft. So, look, he got the weapons he has to work with, I think is gonna be phenomenal here. And yeah, getting Christian Watson there at 34th overall. Um, look, I, I I like that pick as well. You have to go receiver early, and they did in the second round. Excited to see how he fares with the Packers and then. Sean Ryan also then goes in the third out of UCLA. And then I'll just read a few of these, and then we'll talk about them. Romeo Dubs out of uh, Nevada. And then Zach Tom out of Wake Forest, I guess, out of those picks. Was there one who was kind of like a sleeper pick for you guys, Dustin? Oh, uh, I mean, I liked, I liked a lot of the guys they got, honestly, like especially like the middle rounds, like four, four through – like three through four, five, I thought – Sean Ryan, I mean, he was a steal. I mean, to get him in the third round, that dude's a, that dude is really good. I mean, he's he's kind of like a Jenkins to me in my mind. Could kind of play everywhere, very versatile, just tough guy. And then we talk about Romeo Dobbs. Dobbs is Dobbs or Dobbs, right? Dobbs. Yeah. I want to make sure. Okay, make sure I say it correctly. Yeah. I mean, obviously, he's just. I mean, he's an athletic freak. I mean, he can do so much. And then Zach Tom too. I mean, that's another guy where. You know, he can he can play everywhere. He's just a lot of versatility we got in the line now. And obviously with, you know, not sure when Bakhtiari is going to come back, when Jenkins is going to come back, you know, bulking up our offensive line, getting it too, too, deep, too deep is a huge must for us through this next year because if someone goes down and obviously we got someone good to pick it right back up. Zach? Yeah, I was a fan of the Dobbs trade. Uh, uh, the Dobbs pick, too. Um, I think it gives him another receiver that has a lot of potential, obviously with the, uh, the crazy athleticism that uh, you pointed out, Dustin. And I think it's he's probably not going to be a starter right away, but I think he has potential to maybe come into that wide receiver three role. Yeah, for sure. And then for me, my fa- one of my favorite picks of the draft, um, they got a guy out of South Carolina, Kingsley Nagbear. Uh, that was a pick um, – that a lot of people like even like Packer fans were mocking in like the fourth, fifth round. And usually, you know, 
when you, when you mock, you know, maybe you don't think as much into this pick, but like a lot of people were, you know, like we got to get Kingsley and that happened. And I, you know, I, that's an exciting pick there. I think for the Packers getting him in the fifth round, that's, that's exciting there. Uh, and they had fourth, seven, seven round picks. Um, and that was, they went with Tariq Carpenter. That's a defensive back, Jonathan Ford, a D tackle, Rashid Walker, an old lineman and Samori Tori. So that's a wide receiver of Nebraska. So yeah, they get three receivers there, Tori. Dobbs and Watson and you know I, I like that there and Rashid Walker as well getting him in the seventh round there out of Penn State another big guy there as well um look God, I, I think big dude yeah I think six they, six through 13 Jeez, sorry I <laughs> I think they had an exciting draft and yeah look um overall I guess we want to do some draft grades here uh but was there any of those you know late round guys that really stood out as well. I know we talked middle round guys. Any late round sleepers for you guys too? Zach, who you got in this one? Um, I just saw the receiver. Uh, I forget his name now. What's his name? Samori Tori. Receiver. Yeah, yeah, he's from Nebraska. Uh, he had a lot of athleticism too. So he has some speed. And uh, yeah, I just I watched a little bit of his tape, some of his highlights from Nebraska, and. I think he could be something potential in the future. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. I mean, you know, you look at a lot of these guys. A lot of these guys probably were just guys we picked up to replace our horrible special teams players. Uh, honestly, it's probably what they really are. But if if I could see any of those last five picks playing, I'd say Kingsley probably has the best potential to play, like you said. I mean, that dude's he's, – he's good. We got him for a steal. Like, he should have gone in the third round easy. He was – he was a top one of the top edge rushers in the draft. He was really good. But then Rasheed Walker, like I said, that dude's big, like 6'6", 313. That's a big boy you want out there, especially even if he's on special teams on field on field goal or something like that. No one's getting past him. Yeah. Um, I, like you guys said, you guys hit it on the nose there. Um, but overall, let's do our draft grades here to wrap up here for the Packers. I guess I'll go first. Uh, and I went, I went B plus. Right. I didn't, I didn't go in the A range, but I did respect what they'd like. Right. I know the first round picks, like people, like, like we said, not necessarily happy with some people weren't, but look, getting Quay Walker, Devontae White, guys who can make immediate impact, love it. Christian Watson, I think I, I love that as well. And then just overall, you know, you get some other, you get some of the sleepers there with Kingsley, we talked about, and like Rashid Walker, Samori Tori, and then even like Romeo Dobbs as well. So I, I was, I was excited with this draft and I went B plus there. Yeah, I'm right with you on that one. Uh, I'd say strong B plus, weak A minus. I thought they got what they needed. They got immediate, like you said, immediate impact players. And I thought, you know, we managed our, you know, draft stock really well, just trying to trade back when we didn't see anything there. Yeah, I give it an A minus. Uh, kind of like I said before, they didn't really reach for any receivers in the end of the first round. Instead, they trade up in the second round. And I think they got some good value late in the later rounds. They did. Yep. They did that indeed. And yeah, I'm looking forward to see how this works out now. And, you know, when we do our Packers, you know, season preview, it'll be a lot of fun to talk about this. You know, we just did our Packers off season outlook there, which you will hear that Friday on journey to million episode 22 that we were joined with Bernie Vannon, who will on that one. So he's on there talking with us. It was, yeah, yeah, Dustin, it was myself, Zach, Jared, and Bernie on a journey to million. It got wild. And <laughs> Yeah, it was some good stuff, but you know, with that, anything else you guys have on this draft here? 
no, it was it was an interesting one, that's for sure. And hey, Valley's alum got picked second round, going to the Buccaneers. There you go, Tom Brady, Luke Edicky. There he is. You yep. played with uh, him too, Dustin. Yeah, I did play with him. You know, it's yeah, I, I know I, I'm so proud of him. You know, obviously seeing you know, obviously playing with him, spending all that time throughout grade school, high school. You know, to get to see him play this, you know, he he absolutely earned it every second of it every moment you know i was he was such a hard worker so props to him you know i can't wait to watch him play yeah we we made sure to shout him out right away on the podcast when we saw it you know everyone saw it right it was crazy stuff but yeah congrats to luke etiki his family right you know made sure to you know said congrats to caden too look he's been following luke these past few years now senior bowl made sure like a lot of time a lot of dedication there spent in support as well so you know congrats to luke and his family too so yeah, Zach, anything else here to wrap up? I don't have anything. Awesome. So, yeah, you know, uh, Instagram, Jordan Drew underscore sports crew. You'll find our rankings. Zach keeps making them. You know, you get some good engagement. If you guys want to comment, disagree. We had some disagreements already on them. You know, keep firing back. But Twitter at JD Sports Pod, Facebook, Jordan Drew, the sports crew. And then YouTube, Jordan Drew, the sports crew. And, yeah, tomorrow – you'll see a special announcement made on our Instagram page. I'm looking forward to it. So just keep a lookout, you know, for that. It's some big news and we're really excited to announce it. So yeah, I'll leave it at that. So thank you all for listening to yet another episode of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, the journey to a million, the perfect podcast for you.